welcome to another episode of the Chatterbox Video Game Radio Show. My name is Alon. And my name's Aura. So this is a Tuesday, going a day late this week. And the tables have turned this Tuesday. Yeah, so this weekend, I was... You said you wanted to start with something. Do you want... I was going to talk about my brokenness. Well, you can certainly talk about that. It was just natural flow for me. So, so this weekend, I uh, had brunch with my wife and a couple of friends, and their uh, the friends have two kids. So we're like, "Hey, nearby, very close to where you live, actually, uh, there is a small indoor park. Uh, I don't know, a theme park. It's not really a theme park where they break your back for free. Yes, so a small indoor place." Where they had uh, Paraparadise 2, Parapara Paradise 2, excuse me, which you can't find anywhere in the United States, really, and uh, two Dance Revolution machines. I wonder if Coldplay knows about that game. I don't, I don't know. Why? Because they have a song and that goes Paraparadise. Para oh. But it has uh, nothing to do with... Para I don't think it has para. anything to do with Parapara. Para, no. Which is the Japanese thing. It just has to do with their song. Yeah. So we were one Paradise. block away and I said, hey... Do you think you guys would want to go down to this indoor place? Maybe the kids could play, and I could play some Dance Dance Revolution. Yeah, break and a couple bags. So I went there, and I played four games of Dance Dance Revolution, most of which I did not successfully complete. Like, I failed uh, partway through the second song, so I didn't get to play the third. And somehow, on my second-to-last song, I could feel my back, like, tensing up, telling me, you messed with me, right? Have I ever told you how I can't jump on trampolines anymore? No. Okay. You may have, but I subsequently so I've gone to, forgot. Like, all the craze now is indoor trampoline parks. Yeah, I understand you, you love is. these things so much. I the, love trampolines. I love jumping. And I can't use them for more than like one or two jumps because inevitably at the end of the night, my back hurts so much that I can't walk the next day and for several days. So I just played Dance Revolution. I didn't do anything serious. I mean, I played some fast songs or whatever, so I was twisting and turning. But that's all, right? I didn't fall. I didn't do jumping jacks, nothing. You didn't do that uh, that move that involves um, like jumping in the air and then putting your feet on the wall of the cabinet for a moment, like you're doing some kind of matrix move. No, none of didn't that. Didn't do that one. But you didn't wait. Hold on, hold on. You didn't do the one where um, you tell like everybody who's watching you to to step back because you're about to do like a flying roundhouse. Sweeping the entire 180 degrees behind you. That's no, not what I you am, did. Either. I am what they call a technical player. I am not a freestyle player. So anyway, freestyle wouldn't be the word I would use to describe those things. But fair enough. Well, that is the word that DDR players <laughs> use, and uh, yeah. So I did not heed my body's warning. I finished up the set, played my my one last song. It was the only time that I finished a set without failing. I did quite well, I thought, and. Um, at least considering the state of the machines. They were not, not very good. Anyway, finished up, and the next day, I, could, I couldn't do anything. It was on Sunday. I couldn't walk, sit up. Like, sleeping was very difficult. It was, it was rough. And yesterday, Monday, was, uh, was also very difficult. Like, I didn't go into work yesterday. I just sort of... I played a lot of Doritos Crash Course 2 because I could get comfortable enough on my couch to play a game but like just lifting my head up off of the the back of the couch hurt i've been there brother and it's, and how long did does. you play for it was maybe 20 minutes i mean yeah. it was what are we talking about like uh 10 songs i played it was not much, even less than 10 songs so these uh these special human backs that we have um post 30 years old i can actually get my back to do that what happened to you sort of thing i got i got it done in like 30 seconds by like just leaning over um right? actually the, there's one time where um i was at the gym and i just decided that i needed a stretch bad decision yeah no, it but happened. i i hung i hung from the pull-up bar and i just literally just hung there for 30 seconds and after i got off it um i couldn't I couldn't walk anymore. I had to sit down like immediately. And that yeah. my back was out for like a week after that. When I was a teenager, I was just sitting on my couch, leaning over the coffee table to take a, you know, a, a mouthful of cereal from the spoon and just bending over, just moving my body forward. Oh, it was horrible. It's horrible. Clearly God wanted to punish you. For so something. here's my concern, though. I was thinking while playing DDR before the back went out, it's like, you know what? 
I should look into getting a machine for my house again. Because years ago, I looked into this, and I found a place in Korea that sells machines and machine parts for DDR and other music rhythm games, which were sort of all the rage. And uh, at one point, they responded to an email saying they would sell me just the platform part of the machine, which I would then rig up for PlayStation or something, um, for like 1500 bucks. And I was a poor college student. I wasn't going to spend $1,500 on that until I saved a bit. I checked back with them a year later, maybe, and they said, no, we only sell whole machines. And machines cost many thousands of dollars, not to mention shipping and stuff. So now I realized while playing, I was like, you know, these machines are in bad shape. I could buy one from the arcade operator and fix it up. Or like, I should just look on eBay and find out what's available. There is a DDR Extreme machine. I would rather have a Supernova, but DDR Extreme for $1,600 in the Phoenix area right now. I don't know the condition, but it can't be worse than the machine I was playing on the other day. It was, it was not, Famous last Not words. well kept. Um, it didn't say in the in the advertisement that it was totally broken down or anything. It just said, yep, DDR machine, 600 bucks, And the picture shows that it's an extreme. Uh, so now I really want one. But now I'm thinking it would be like, like me getting a trampoline. Like, would, no, kind of. I could never do that. So I hope DDR doesn't naturally ruin me. So in a month or so, some amount of time, I'm going to have to go play again and see if I do this to myself again to test. Yeah, you know what? It'll probably not happen again, and then when you're least expecting it, it'll happen again. I'm sure it'll happen again in my lifetime, but its yeah. question is, like, the trampoline guaranteed triggers it, right? Because I'm, I'm jumping really high, and I'm tensing up my back muscles and probably crushing a, a disc in my spine. DDR shouldn't do that, but apparently just the little bit of jumping that I was doing or twisting or something, and uh, I need to make sure that it won't happen because, like, I'm going to have kids, and I want to be able to play DDR with them. And the best way to do that would be to own my own machine when I get a bigger house and a place to put it. But I will be really... Like, I'm already upset I can't use trampolines. It gets at my very core that I can't use trampolines, but I've accepted it. You may I have cannot to, accept not being able to play a music rhythm game anymore. You may have to mentally prepare yourself to just resort to uh, sitting down and prodding your kids with a cane. <sighs> 34. <laughs> I'm 34. I'm barely 34. And I just hope this is a freak freak event. In Roman times, your age, uh, you'd be like retirement. Maybe. But, I don't uh, know that they... I thought they died early from sickness, but I don't know yeah. that they uh, they died early well, of well, frailty. I'm just, I'm just scaling like all life events accordingly. Yeah. I've, I've, I'm messed up. It's horrible. I still can't. Like today, at least I was able to go to work. But I am still in rough shape, and I've taken a couple really powerful Advil throughout the day to help me help me cope. Well, let's talk about something else that's um, whatever it is that word you used. What a segue. Okay. <laughs> Only so, the highest quality segues here at Chatterbox. So Messing yeah. up, yes. Speaking of things getting messed up, I'm semi really proud of myself because i figured out one of the things that's janky about my xbox i haven't brought this up on the show yet but i did tell you this alon uh, a couple weeks ago every once in a while it seems like totally randomly i'll i'll turn on my xbox right and it just gets it loads the uh what do we call it the dashboard the home screen right and you get that little like that spinning circle of whoosh yeah that tells you to wait. Um, I get that, and then it never, ever, like, proceeds beyond that. Bummer. Which is bad, but it wasn't as bad as I first thought because I was able to get around it by discovering that you could actually still press the home button, and you can get to the menus that way. And then I figured out um, that... When I do this and I start a game using the, the guide menu, right, and not the home screen, if I go into a game and then exit, then the home screen comes up normally. And, okay. and today I just found a, a third piece uh, to this puzzle of uh, Microsoft quality. And that is that – you know how they have that, like, auto sign-in thing? Yeah. Okay, so here's something. I'm kind of curious, actually, what happens to you because you know how, you remember how originally they had auto sign in right from the start, and when you had your profile set to auto sign in, you would just sign in. Now, 
I don't know why this happens, and I don't know when this started, but after some update, every once in a while, I get this screen that shows, like, the three profiles on my machine and the three avatars. And even though I have one profile set to auto-login, it doesn't do that. It goes to that screen, and then it says, who do you want to log in with? And if I if I actually select a profile there, that's what makes it go to the next screen and never actually show me the menu. So that's what causes it to screw up. Because it's just trying to load your profile and failing. Well, only if it brings up that prompt. Like, do you ever... Do you know what screen I'm talking about? Where you select which... Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So first of all, I have no idea why. Uh, it only comes up some of the time. It should never be coming up because I have one profile with uh, auto login set on. And I've tried like setting it off and on, right? But I figured out exactly what causes this. And um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of starting to feel like... Because I was very upset when all that avatar stuff came out. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I made, like, a protest avatar to express my displeasure about avatars in general. And I'm thinking that I probably used, like, the avatar interface far less than everybody in the world. And I'm wondering if there's, like, something in my avatar that's, like, corrupting it because maybe – because everybody else, like, uses these things. Or so you figure. I, well, I don't know what you mean by using it. Well, they customize their own avatars and they change their settings. I like, never ch- touch mine. Yeah, I, well, I never do either. I was just, I'm just thinking, like, maybe there's something about, like, there's some old data in my avatar where they, like, changed how they do things and they just assume it might that, not be like, your avatar, could you, just your profile. Maybe it's got something weird in it. Well, it could be that, too. You know, when we get back, we're going to talk a lot more about avatars. Oh, joy. Chatterboxers, how much do you love Amazon.com? Since you're like me, the answer is a lot. And since you love Chatterbox almost as much, here's what I want you to do. Next time you get a new game, a pair of socks, downloadable MP3, anything really, go to helpchatterbox.com. It takes you to Amazon, but when you buy something, we get a piece of the action. That's good for us, and Amazon feels good because you didn't buy it from GameStop. Helpchatterbox.com. Remember it. Bookmark it. Tattoo it backwards on your forehead. And yes, all I'm asking you to do is buy stuff you are already going to buy. Just do it at helpchatterbox.com. And we're back. It's Chatterbox Video Game Radio. I'm sick of avatars, but Juan isn't. Well, I have stuff to talk about that ties in. Ties in with avatars. Speaking of tying in, I would like to tie in a little announcement. Um, here in Phoenix locally, there's, uh, there's a couple friends of ours who are starting a cooperative working space. Which, uh, if you've never heard of the thing before, um, I don't know. Look around, I guess, because there's such a thing. Um, but basically, it's just, there's this place called Game Collab here in Phoenix. And if you're interested, if you're in Phoenix, you can go to www.gamecollab.org. And it's probably don't even need the Ws. Probably, but it's so much fun to say. Yeah, okay. I'll take any excuse. So anyway... Yeah, there's this place where if you're looking to, you know, work somewhere and um, rent out some space and work in an environment that's uh, more creative and more collaborative and more exciting than just your home, assuming that's where you work. You're an indie game dev, basically. Yeah, it's basically like the whole point of it is to get game developers, particularly independent ones, to just be in a space together so that... uh, you know, the creative zen mystical energies can do even more creative zen-like things. Yeah, I know there's something like that in in Mesa, which is Phoenix area, uh, for, I don't know, it's, it's called like Hackerspace or something? I'm not sure. Yeah, it's, there's, it's a, f- hacker, there's a f- space. few of them. There's one called Gangplank. 
yeah, Ganglinks for like web development type stuff. Yeah, there's and one there's called Cahoots. One where, Cahoots I haven't been to. Yeah. But, uh, but this other one, the name of which I can never remember, Something Space, uh, has like, you know, lasers that you can cut stuff with and 3d printers and all that. oh stuff. yes you can go sign one. up and use that yeah so there's like actually quite a few of these kinds of things around here in phoenix and um yeah it's basically like renting out office space at a much much lower tier than renting anything yeah so there but you have it moving past that uh i guess this is the time to mention uat.edu the website for the university of advancing technology always do that i bet some people from uat by the way go to that hacker space i was talking about I bet they do. The one for which the name is is unknown. But let's talk about avatars, sort of, in a roundabout way. Because you know that I have been playing some Doritos Crash Course 2. I yes. think you know that. As much as possible. I'm so sure. it came out a week ago. And everybody here knows that I am a fan of the original Doritos Crash Course, which apparently I haven't confirmed, but I read in some forums that they, uh, they took it off Xbox Live. You can't get the original one anymore which is a little bit weird to me. I don't know why they would get rid of it. It's still a good game. Yeah, um, well, they did the same thing with OutRun. So. Yeah. Well, what's what's more interesting about that is that um, Doritos Crash Course 2, at least right now, is only available to Gold members, unless that changed today. Um, but is it free? It is free. But only for Gold members. Free. It has microtransaction stuff, so that's probably going to stay uh, free. Yeah. Um, it's free. For Gold members, it is not available to Silver members at all. I'm assuming that's because it... Also, is an always-on game. You have to be connected to the internet to play it. If you're not, how interesting! You can't play. Possibly a side effect of it being a microtransaction-based game. Um, but that bothers me a little bit. I didn't even notice until I read about it on the forums. But uh, that also means that if there's a problem with the server, and this is the big problem with always-on games, right? Yep. If there's a problem with the server to authenticate you, then you just can't play it. There's no problem on my side. But if there's a problem on yours, you can't. So a bunch of people have been trying to play. I've never had the problem. I've been able to play every time I go in. But other people have said that they couldn't play. Like it just wouldn't connect. There were some problems with me where like sometimes I can't get um, a live game going from trying to play a quick match or something. Yeah. Um, sometimes that just fails. Just it'll If I stay there long enough trying to join a lobby, it'll eventually create one with nobody in it. Sometimes without even me in it, it'll just show a lobby of four spaces with not. Do you think that's only no that's, that me. just happens when there's nobody else online to play with? There's definitely always someone online playing this game right now. There's like yeah, but maybe, oh, more maybe, than three million players. Maybe whatever algorithm, it just can't find it or it thinks there aren't no, it's, any. It's too common. It's too common a mistake. Yeah. And it'll just like go down and stay that way forever. Um, although one time I couldn't get on, couldn't get on, couldn't get on, and I restarted the game by leaving to the main menu and coming back and then it did work so it might be that it fails and then stays in a fail state until you restart which is frustrating to say the least um but yeah the always on thing is dumb but you didn't pay for it so hey. didn't pay for it like it's hard to complain about a free game yeah but uh i want to talk you about buy any like hats or whatever the fuck the game is gonna no sell so here's it. the thing so the here's what's weird the game has two currencies in it which is common for microtransaction stuff because one of them is like real currency right. and the other one is the stuff you earn in the game but in this case you earn both in the game and one of them can also be purchased with money so that's strange but you only earn the one that is purchased that can be purchased with real money we'll call those uh coins because okay. they're star-shaped coins um you earn those only like randomly every once in a while you get like one Right. And unlocking the level costs something like five. Right. So I think it's just to get, get you into the idea that, oh, this currency system exists. And if you need more, like if you have four and you need five, you can buy one. Um, yeah. Although I don't know that you can buy that few. I've never really understood, actually, why it's so common, even though they use it in very different ways across games, why like a lot of the microtransaction games have these two currencies, because... I've never, I've just never been able to come up with a really good reason to justify it. Because yeah, you could just have one, like the other one. With every by beating a level on gold, you get twenty stars, and then there's stars within the level. I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but you know, in one run through of the game, you could get well over thirty stars. Uh, and the ne to unlock the next level is like twenty five of these stars. Right? Stars versus star coins. Um, so you start off, no level is unlocked. No wait, there's. One level is unlocked, 
what was strange is when I went into the level list, uh, so this game has courses, right? So you're in each world, like the Amazon courses and the the Antarctica courses and the Egypt and the somewhere else. So uh, I think it's some pirate bay or something. Um, when I went into my levels the first time, it I was on the Antarctica levels, not on the Amazon levels, which is where the first unlocked one exists. And so I accidentally in the shop, because I thought I had zero currency, I clicked okay for one of them to see what would happen it instantly bought it i had spent all my stars and then i wasn't able to play a level but then like i played this is weird okay one of the things i want to point out about this game i don't want to just talk about the game say how it all works what i want to talk about is the confusing nature of the game because they make a a few mistakes is this is beyond the stars and then star coins yeah 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 so so i start playing because every multiplayer. time I want to have two different things, I'm always like, let's make two different things. And like, let's make one of them just – what part of one of them just like another part of the other one so that uh, you can be more confused. Oh, well, there's more of that. So um, unlike I usually do, I started playing multiplayer before ever playing the game at all. I went straight into multiplayer to see how much I could cream these competitors on my very first – you know, without ever having seen, seen these levels. I didn't lose a single match, by the way. Came close. No, are these multiplayer matches? They're truly multiplayer. Yep. They're not. You're just not. You're not just playing for score. Uh, well, you, I mean, you always are. You can't interfere with one another. I mean, you're actually on one level. You're actually performing live with someone else performing in the same space. Yes. Yeah. But in the in the case of this game, it's like you see the character on the screen, but let's say they're swinging on a rope. Um, your rope might not be in the same place as theirs is. So you see them swinging. They might be on the right side of the arc, whereas your rope is on the left side of the arc. Um, and sure. Because it's all about, like, the ropes have to be in the right places at the right times. Um, so there's very little you can do to interfere with another player. There's one level where there's a floor that drops out. And if another player hits that floor before you do, you have nowhere to go. No floor. Which is actually really dumb, and I don't know why there's only one level that does this. But everywhere else, it's you're like you're living... In a similar, it's like you're in alternate dimensions right. at the same time. Right. But anyway, about the confusing stuff. I played multiplayer first, and as you finish the level, it it has this coin meter, right, or star meter, where okay, you got gold, so you got all twenty coins, and then you collected a few coins within the level. Here's the five that you collected, and there's sixteen on every level, right? So it shows this sort of map of sixteen available stars and how many you got. So it counts them all up. You know, 20 for gold, 5 for collecting in the level. And then total coins, 25. And then you're done with it, and you get none of them. They just haven't been added to your profile. You have zero stars. Uh, Stars, I keep saying coins. Zero stars. So then I play through again, and I play through another level. And it's, of course, randomly changing which different levels I play. One of them, I got a bunch of coins and actually kept them. I had no idea why. Right, I couldn't figure because there's no explanation. So, so, not, so there's something happening that it's not telling you about. Yeah, one time I got them, and I was like, "Is this a glitch? Did I get them this time? Am I able to get them on did the other you, levels that I played before?" Did you have like the Jade statue in your possession uh, no. while finishing a level? So I later find out as I'm playing with some friends, some actual Xbox Live friends, not just random people in a quick match. Um, we're going through the levels, and they have one level that is unlocked from the get-go. I thought none of them uh, are unlocked. I know what. You're about to say. Yeah, so when I went in to play the game single player, I started off in Antarctica, and I figured that was the first course. Although you could play any of them when you unlock them, like I right. figured that was sort of the easy one, right? right? Turns out that the Amazon, which has the first level unlocked, that's the first course, but for whatever reason, there was a bug that sent me to Antarctica when I went to the first screen. So that unlocked course, because it was unlocked, I was able to acquire the stars. So let me see if I understand this. So you were actually playing courses you hadn't unlocked yeah. yourself. When you play multiplayer, you don't have to have unlocked them to play them. And, and therefore, by virtue of that, uh, you don't get to keep anything that you earned, even though by all indications, except for one, it was telling you that you were accruing all this stuff. Yeah, like it actually has the screen. It yeah. goes to the collection screen, shows you what you earned, and then doesn't explain that, oh, you can't earn it unless you've unlocked the course. You know, Nothing like that. This it is, just you know what? On. This was probably a C bug in their bug database that they just decided not to fix. Maybe. 
but I don't think it's a bug. Like, I just think they shouldn't show that screen in certain situations. Right. Well, the bug is that they shouldn't have shown the screen. I got so much more. We'll be right back. Okay, we are back, and I am complaining about the bad parts of uh, Doritos Crash Course 2. So, I talked about how it's very confusing playing it through in multiplayer, not being able to get the stuff, that it, it takes the time and the energy to go show me the summary screen and how much I earned and then doesn't give it to me. But then I figured out why. It's because I hadn't unlocked any levels except that one that was automatically unlocked. Great. So then I have enough stars to start playing single player. I do start playing single start playing single player and when you play single player unlike in the first game where you're just by yourself in the world every time you play at least if you're in the world tour mode you are playing against three other people three other like non-player characters which have fake names um and one of those players is always the gold player the one that will win right and another one of the fake players is the silver player and another one is the bronze player so Unless unless you beat the gold player. Well, yeah. You, right? Your position is unknown. You could come in last or first or whatever. But of the three that are not you, there's gold, silver, bronze. Not only that, they will always finish in the same amount of time. Do you, you know which ones these are when you start or you just know that one is? You know because they have like a gold crown or a silver leaf okay, or so a bronze it's, so it's headband. Obvious. Yeah. And it doesn't matter, right, for the most part. So here's the thing. The game's very confusing in that you finish the level. And then it tells you, like it spins the little coin and it shows you, did you get gold, silver, or bronze? Or perhaps none of them if you were especially slow. So you finish at that with that speed. Now also, since there's multiple players playing in every, every time you play this game, at the end of each level, there's that standing podium, like in the Olympics, how like one person is standing higher than the next person who's on the box right. You know, right to his right, and then all the way on... on the winner's left or the viewer's right is the bronze podium, right? It's the, th- the three box thing. Standing even lower. Yeah. Um, so the gold player, since you might have beaten the gold player, is not always in the gold position on that box. And sure. So of course. I could, I could get the silver place, like silver coin, but maybe not be in the silver place on the podium. Um. Yeah, depending on where where I landed. Okay. Okay. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I never knew anything that there was anything about silver coins. Yeah. So you don't actually get it. It's not in terms of currency. But yeah. when you when so you this finish is not a level, the star coin, but something not else. the star coin. It has a big, just round coin. Yeah. Well, that well, spins on a on a big screen that you see to identify whether or not you got gold, silver, or bronze. Might it? Might we even call it a medal? Perhaps. Sure. A medal. So the gold player, the gold NPC player, right. he finishes within the gold amount of time, right? So he earns a gold medal. Were you not there, right? He would earn the gold place in terms of the time of finishing the course. Right. But you could finish behind him and still get gold because it's a, he doesn't finish right at the cusp of making gold, I think. I actually could be wrong about that. You might have to beat him in order to get gold. I have, I'm starting to form a sense of what in retardation is actually happening but i don't know if you want me so to for a while i thought that if you, you right beat now. gold then you've gotten the gold time right and if you didn't beat him then you've moved down into silver right. i actually don't know if that's true because usually they get a time that is like a decimal yeah and the gold silver and bronze finish are always even seconds like you need a minute and 15 seconds to get gold meanwhile he'll finish in like 104 point three eight two or something so is there any question in your mind about like what the hell is going on absolutely Okay, so, so I, got, I have a theory, but... Uh, hang on. I, okay. It gets it even be better. premature. Because 
when you start playing, you don't know that there's this gold, silver, and bronze player. You just see that he's some dude is always winning and wearing a gold crown. You just think that's his avatar because avatars sure, sure. are all weird, right? And they're all avatar players. Yep. So then in the game, it tells you, um, like, hey, if you want to get the bonus stars on this course, never let the silver player beat you to a checkpoint. And you're like, silver player? What is, is that mean? Does that mean the guy who's going to get second place on the podium? I don't know who that is. <laughs> Later on, I realized that the silver player is a predefined player who always wears the silver leaf thing around his head. But I don't know that at first. So I finished the game. I could get gold, silver, or bronze. It is not relative to my place on the podium, which we as human beings on Earth who've watched the Olympics believe to be you know, top, middle, and lowest placement on the podium. Right. And then there's players who are wearing gold, silver, and bronze accoutrement which I have to pay attention to as well. It's all very, very confusing with the overuse of gold, silver, and bronze throughout the game and frustrating to the player. See, okay, now this is, this is a good time uh, for me to jump in. Please do. Because you may be wondering, uh, you listeners, but also you, Alon, how the hell does a game come to be made in this way? And I'm not going to presume to know precisely how the hell this happened. It's a bunch of foreigners making the game. That's what it is. Well, Chileans. It's, it's true. I, I wouldn't blame it on the uh, the culture and or racism. Uh, but I think I have some insight into this. Here's the thing that happens almost without fail unless you are a really seasoned developer and you're really self-aware of the idiosyncrasies of the development process. The best way to describe it is that, you know how, I've probably talked before about how like when you're making your own game, you tend to make it like way harder for everybody except you. Or this tendency for a lot of games. I mean, these these days they're making lots and lots of games as easy as possible. But um, it's funny. One of my friends the other day was telling me about how there's like some kid has a term called Nintendo Hard, and Nintendo Hard is like Russian Hard. Okay. Okay. And this is funny to us because Nintendo is like easy for us, I guess. Right. But it's a reference to how, like, a lot of the games of the 80s and the 8-bit era were super-duper hard relative to the kinds of experiences that they, that challenge people or don't challenge people now. And the thing – the reason why that happens, there's, a ten, there's always a tendency for that to happen unless you as a developer take measures to uh, fight it or to counteract it. But you're just talking about difficulty now. Well, yeah. I'm going to segue into it because this is, if you understand this, then the other stuff will make sense. Okay. So – your, your tendency – the thing is like you're working on this product or this system every day for a year, two years, sometimes four years or more. Imagine – like just think about how familiar you are with everything about the ins and outs of something that you spend eight hours with every single day for that long time. Yeah, you lose touch. You lose you, touch with you lose what's touch actually because, convenient. Right. And so what the natural tendency is you get so accustomed to it that uh, it's hard for you to imagine what it's like uh, as a naive player, right? Naive being first timer. And so you actually like start to develop and retain all of this subtle knowledge about the game uh, that nobody else has but you because nobody else is spending as much time with it as you are just by definition, right? And so this happens a lot. This happens even to seasoned developers. It happens all the time where basically the developers end up making the game way too hard because in their minds it's not too hard because they, they're so familiar that in order – like since their knowledge level about the game is so much greater than a naive player's, right, then what they think is normal difficulty, right, whatever that means – is actually way harder than for a naive player. And it's very hard. It takes a lot of discipline and experience and knowledge to be able to separate that and to, to, be, to be able to actually like understand how uh, you have a very skewed perception of how hard your own game is. 
Anyway, the reason that what this has to do with the other issue of crazy, nonsensical, complicated types of things is that side effect coupled with this tendency that goes along with it where since you're so familiar with the system, right? You know, you know this idea of like internalizing things that you learn, right? Like you, like in the beginning, you don't know how to tie your shoes, so tying your shoes is really hard. Yeah. Right. But then you learn to tie your shoes, so you you don't have to think about tying your shoes anymore. You never think about it, right? You just do it, right? And this is how we learn things in general, right? I mean, this is basic human psychology. Things that you would struggle with beforehand, with enough repetition, become internalized and ingrained so completely that you don't have to think of them anymore, right? And then so then the things that build off of that knowledge, whatever it is, then like you start to be able to perceive those and understand those and try to learn from those, right? It's like you got to learn how to add before you multiply kind of thing, right? And you got to learn multiplication before algebra, before calculus, blah, 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 right? So here's what happens is that these systems, someone will come up with a system and there'll be like a criticism of it, right? Or there'll be like something, there'll be like a reason to change it or a reason to elaborate on it. And because the developers are so familiar with the system because they designed it and they're working with it every single day, they don't understand that it's already like of like X level complexity. And so what they do is there's, there's probably good reasons like in and of themselves to uh, add some kind of like elaboration onto it, right? Like they had a reason. I can't tell you what it is because I'm not going to read their minds, but they probably had a reason to do all that crazy complexity. The thing is, is that since they lost their perspective in most cases of how the system was already complicated, it was hard for them as developers to understand just what insanity of complexity levels they're reaching by elaborating on their own systems. And you'll find that this happens a lot uh, with games that aren't tested very much, that don't do a lot of player testing and stuff like that. What happens is you get these really deep, deep, elaborate systems where just it's just completely obtuse, you know, and none of it makes any sense. And you just have to you have to just be around it and be just soaking it up for amount of time before you can internalize it yourself. Yeah. Well, it makes it makes sense to me now, right now. Yeah. I I get it. That's the, the thing, I, right? But it sucks as for you because the thing is, is that like maybe maybe a lot of it is has unnecessary pieces. It could definitely have been designed differently, yeah. and and I I completely agree that I'm. I'm sure that's what happened. Yeah. That's the other thing too, right? It's a lot harder to like recognize like, oh, like we've gone down a suboptimal or horrible road in designing this and we should start from scratch. But the bigger tendency is, right, because you've done all this work that you don't want to get rid of, right? It's like the baby that like you're attached to that you don't want to get rid of. Maybe that's not the best analogy, but you know. Then it's like people, people want to stick with what they've got because they've invested time into it. And a lot of times that's a mistake. I got, I got more to talk about next segment. Let me ask you before we go. Have you heard of Avatar Fame Star? Nope. You will. Oh, boy. Are you going to find a master of science program in technology that creates thinkers who understand how business works and how to apply the technology? Where else are you going to discover a graduate degree in technology that is customized to meet your objectives? Where else in the Valley, on campus or online, can you study at the only private university that gives you the opportunity to focus in specialized areas like network security, artificial life programming, and game studies, as well as technology management? Where else? Where else but the University of Advancing Technology? UAT's graduate technology program is accelerated. It combines business with technology. It offers the flexibility to adapt quickly to changes that come in high-tech fields. Feed your brain. Lead. Manage. You won't find this innovative environment anywhere else. UAT, the select private university where you'll be fully immersed in technology. The experience is unrivaled. Click UAT.edu. That's UAT.edu. And we're back once again. You're listening to Chatterbox, where I will find out what a Avatar Game Star is. Fame Star. 
Is it her it, fame star? Fame star? Famester? Fame star. Yes. Is that like Hamstar? No. No. All right. Don't forget to go to edu. Excuse me. UAT. Dot edu. To learn more about the University of Advanced Technology. And now... Yeah, don't just go to .edu. That is a few hundred thousand different sites. That won't get you anywhere. Um, okay, so Avatar Famestar is another element to this game. I had never heard of it. There's so much I could talk about. Uh, Avatar Famestar is something... It's basically achievements on achievements. Not achievements on achievements, but just a new system of achievements that carries a score throughout the Xbox Live ecosystem. You see you see, you see what I was just talking about? About making things more complicated right? than you need so to So the game has achievements. Where it just adds a score. Right. You know, you have your, your gamer score. Yep. And that carries over, not within the games, but within Xbox Live awareness, right? So there's no game that says, you have a gamer score of 10,000, you get such and such. Right. Now, now there is. Avatar Famestar is a system that I had never heard of. Wait a minute. And it has existed for a year in a, in a few games, like fewer than 10 games. Wait a minute. So this is a cross-game thing that yes. some... But not most games do. Very few. Like probably any anything that is family-oriented yeah. by Microsoft Studios. Well, they're probably the Avatar games, aren't they? Yeah, like A World of Keflings, but not Kingdom of Keflings. Um, that horrible Reketeer game where you like shoot boulders using the Kinect. Uh, there's a few of them. So World of Thrilling. Keflings. Yeah, I know Reketeer does. So here's the thing. It'll be like, you know, um, when when you play, when you get a uh, a new high score for yourself, it automatically uploads your your time. This is one of the good parts of the game I haven't talked about yet. Um, it uploads your, I forget what they call it, but basically your time, not just your time, but your whole playthrough. So other people, you can find anybody in the leaderboards, any single person, not just the top 10, yeah. and play against that person's run. Because it stores a replay of everything. Yeah. So it's a person's replay, only your best one, right? So wherever you are in the leaderboard, you could play that particular one. So the, my previous runs are no longer accessible. So anyway, uh, one of the Avatar Fame Star is upload 25 game clips. That's what they call them. Upload 25 game clips. You okay, don't that's actually, not a menial task yeah, at all. You don't go through the act of uploading. It's automatic. Right. But... If you've played 25 levels, well, there's only 20 of 25. them. But if you've if you've played and beaten a score or played a new level 25 times, then you get that Avatar Fame Star, and it's it could be 50, 100, 125, 150 points that you get, and that gets added to your Fame Star score, which is then carried over for any game that pays attention to Fame Star. And as you get a higher Fame Star score, you get rewards in game. So, I and what are these rewards? In the case of this game, Doritos Crash Course 2, the first reward you get for, I don't know, what is 600 points or something, you, um, you unlock a, a costume, right? Okay, so if I understand correctly, you could very well like boot up that game for the first time ever and have that many points. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I know this because I looked at the Famestar leaderboards. So they have a separate leaderboard for that. Uh, of course so they do. So the people who have played this game are on the Famestar leaderboard. You start off at zero points unless you – like there are some people who have hundreds of thousands of points. It's like, oh, either you broke the game or Alon's going to go read up on Avatar Famestar and realize, oh, it's in several games. And it carries over. This is crazy to me. So here's the thing. You can get all the way up – so all of the rewards are – uh, just costumes. Uh, so they're Unlocking all stupid a costume. things. Yeah. Well, a costume you can use in the game. Now, the game also has, remember I told you microtransaction, it yeah. has power-ups uh, and other things that are, don't actually power up your character. And this game should not have power-ups in it, but it does. Um, but Everybody other, likes power-ups. Other That's things like, like jinxes. You can jinx people you're playing with and it puts some weird graphical thing on them, like a shark hat or something, right? So it might, maybe it disturbs the other player, but for the most part, it doesn't really do anything to them. Um, it just makes them look a little bit different. It makes for the them feel of that upset game. that you chose their clothes. And not yeah, them. it's just kind of like a diss, yeah. right? Put them in a chicken suit for the rest of this lap. It's kind of like the novelty horns in one of those dirt games. Exactly. So that's that's a type of thing that you can purchase. 
And you can also purchase power-ups for yourself or rewinds. Rewinds is a whole other issue we haven't talked about. With real money, all these things? You could buy them with real money. You can buy them with the fake money, the fake money, the stars instead of the star coins. And you can also, if you get high enough in your Avatar Fame Star, then there's an increased frequency of, of drops, basically. When you win a level, you might get something. Yeah. Like one of those star coins or a power-up or something. Like, hey, you just won 10 rewinds. And I don't know. I, I assume they had a predetermined release schedule. Like, once you beat 10 levels, you get this thing. And once you beat another 20 levels, you get this thing. I've gotten a lot of things. Yeah. I don't know if it's random. But if you get up high enough in the fame star, and then... So, like, the highest level you can get, I think, is one level from the top. And then if you do well throughout a, the week then you can get up to the megastar level and then you automatically drop down from megastar after a week is done or maybe there's a cutoff every week um, and when you're in megastar then you get an increased frequency of those drops so it actually can help your game right because you get rewinds so now let's talk about rewinds this this game is uh for those who don't know it's just a race from start to finish of the level and it's a bunch of wacky game show like things like running up ramps and across conveyor belts and swinging on ropes and stuff like that um, and it's broken up into lots of individual checkpoints. So if you fail, like if you fall into the water, you can rewind real quick, or you can just restart at a checkpoint. And you could do that in the first game too. But in this game, you hit a different button. Instead of just resetting and the, the timer continues, you can hit rewind. So it goes back to exactly as if you were starting that point again with the time gone back and all of your NPCs in the level. Yeah, this is like back. one of those like apparently now like almost must-have features that... I think actually Codemasters introduced with Grid. A lot of like the popular racing games have this. So you can just rewind back to a checkpoint, and it well, doesn't hurt your performance, right? Well, it's yeah, or like in a game that doesn't have checkpoints, it'll like rewind. So for the seven first one, like whatever. I said, you could just reset to the checkpoint, so it's faster than like letting all the animations happen. You can just immediately go back, right? Even if you haven't died, you can just go back to the beginning of a checkpoint, right? Um, or whatever your latest checkpoint is. But this one is the rewind, so it doesn't hurt you at all. You can't do it in multiplayer, obviously. Because other people are playing actively, yeah. But in in non multiplayer, um, you you can do it, which means it's kind of like, oh, I can never get past this one part, so I can collect maybe twenty rewinds. I can get through all the level until I get to the one hard part, and if I miss it, back up, back up, back up until I hit that one thing I could never hit, right. and keep my really good time. So it's kind of like a save state on an emulator, except. You have to use them in, until you get it right, and if you've used them up, you've still used them up, even if you never get it right. Now, you how have do a you find that amount? How do you feel about that availability? That it's trickery, man. Because then I look at the leaderboards and I'm like, oh, someone it, has only 40 seconds. How'd they do that? Yeah, because I look at their game clip and I don't know if they've done rewinds or not. There's no indication when you look at the scoreboard on how many rewinds have been used. Yeah, you don't know if it was a clean run or not. So part of me is like, well, I kind of like it because I can really just get a great yeah, score. But that's what everyone else is doing too. Yeah. It sounds it sounds pretty jacked to me. It is a little bit. I, I, it's worse, I think, to be using uh, special power-ups, like things that allow you to slide longer, which is an enhancement of the game, or yeah. stick to the wall or things like that. There's um, Well, for me, like scoreboards only mean anything if everyone's actually doing them under the same... Uh, under the same conditions. But yeah. this is screwy because you can do them under the same conditions or you can modify the conditions to some extent to suit you. Yeah. Well, steps even a, even a bit further than this. So you play against these NPCs, right? Uh, and each level you can unlock an alternate path by paying a few more stars or, or coins or whatever. And that alternate path, it's not actually an alternate path through the level. Okay. It just it makes some things that were previously like transparent blocks that you could that had no collision. Yeah. It puts them into the game, so you could go there or you could go the old route. Sometimes it's just to get a star that's embedded in the level, or sometimes it actually helps you get through the level more quickly if you take that alter, alternate path. When you're playing against the NPCs, at least the gold NPC has access to that alternate path. So you're like, oh, well, I'm trying to beat that guy, even though he's fake. You can't. You can never beat them until you have that. Well, you, you could beat them because they're not super duper fast. Okay. They're just gold fast. Um, but it's annoying when you're going through and you don't quite understand. You're like, wait a minute. I'm playing against this guy, yet he gets to go on a path that I can't even go on right now. It shouldn't be available, in my opinion, to anyone unless it's available to everyone. Right. And the same thing happens you when you're playing. like you're not playing on the same yeah. terms. Well, now think about when you're playing multiplayer. It really is that way. You're playing against real people who have access to alternate paths. 
and you don't, or you do and they don't. And it, see, it should see, be. You know what else? Shouldn't be that way. There's another reason why shit like this happens. It's because somebody decides, for example, microtransaction. Uh, that's what it's for. Yeah, or somebody decides, like, uh, to be a little more specific, like there must be secret paths in this game. And usually the person who has to uh, work out those details, I'm not going to say usually, I'll say often, that person is not the person who actually makes the decision that the feature must be in the game. And so a lot of times what happens in game development is that we, we have to, as designers, like we are pushed into a corner to try and make something work because we're dictated to or we're mandated to do something and this comes this thing is this thing is established without there being a full understanding of all the trade-offs involved you know so it's stuff like that i bet you is something just like that where they're like well we must have we must have these alternate routes and we can't see far enough ahead to see what all the implications are but who cares let's just do it anyway you know I, what i just thought it's possible that they don't put you in a lobby with someone who doesn't have the alternate route. Yeah. Except I doubt that because once you're done with one match, it puts you back in the lobby with the same people with a different level. Yeah. So it wouldn't know beforehand if I'm going to be playing, or maybe it limits us to, to whatever levels we all have the alternate paths for. I just, I doubt it think that thinks that far. Yeah. I haven't actually seen someone going on an alternate because I pretty much have them all now. But anyway, I've been complaining a lot about this game throughout the show. And I gotta say, I'm still playing it a lot, still enjoying it. It does some things I don't like, like it made some stuff easier, uh, but it also made some harder levels. Um, the microtransaction bit, I don't really care for since it, or I don't care about it because it allows me to buy everything through normal stars anyway, where I don't, it's fine, right? Um, but anyway, it, it is a good game, it is solid, and I want everybody to go play it. Of course, you've gotta be a gold member, it's not available to silver yet. Um, I want everyone to play it, become my friend, and then, you know, we'll all leaderboard against each other. I challenge anyone to beat any of my levels because I am, like, in the 99.99th percentile on, like, everything almost. I'm really good. But you should totally play and try to beat me and then send me a message telling me how much I suck so that I will try to beat you. Sounds good. Good night, everybody. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.